We turn now to a disturbing story out of Louisiana. Now, another very controversial death of an African-American man in police custody. He was a young man, and he was stopped by the police. He ends up dead. How does that happen? Apparently, he had a gun on him, and then he shot himself in the back. Oh, that's a lie. I know better than that. And what happened next is very unclear. Much of the story is unclear. I remember him saying, I'm, I can't go to jail, and then he said, I'm going. That don't even sound like nothing that he would even say. When they said my son had committed suicide, I was living. Something is wrong with this picture. We need help. The family definitely do not accept the coroner's report. I could see Levick left eye was turned inward. He had to be hit so hard that it knocked his eye inward. Looked like he had been hit with the butt of a rifle. You would have to ask yourself, how is that humanly possible? Victor White's unbelievable Houdini handcuffed suicide. We are committed that we get to the truth. What happened to Victor White III? I didn't kill Victor White, nor did my daddy. This whole case is not making sense. There's too many unanswered questions here. Your parameters for what is normal start to change. Who's in charge? Who's going to help these people? <laughs> they wouldn't let me see my son. And I asked him again, I said, man, what happened to my son? <laughs> what happened to my son? They told me I can't tell. He didn't kill himself. He was killed. You guys would be amazed at what's going on here. Welcome to the Best Friend Weekend Podcast. It's your man, Aldo Nice. It's your boy, Rod Smooth. Ron, it's your boy, Lose, a.k.a. C-A-P. Yeah, we, we told y'all we was going to do something, and I think Raj mentioned this last week. He said, um, this is a podcast. What'd you say, Raj? I, I don't remember exactly what you said. Something like, we have a yeah. genre, we have guests, we have hosts. Um, we talk about whatever that, we want. Exactly. We talk about whatever we want on the podcast, and um, so... This one we're going to do a little different. Obviously, we're coming at you on a different day. It's just a random midweek drop. But um, what we just watched was powerful enough for us to say, hey, you know what? Let's set aside some time in our schedule right quick to give our immediate rapid reactions to the documentary that just took place on a and E. I I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm throwing the wrong channel. Investigation Discovery uh, called... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sugartown, Sugartown. So yeah. if y'all didn't watch that, Sugartown was about um, the, the, the caption for Sugartown. When you when you look at it online, when they say what the show is going to be about, it says when a 22-year-old black man dies while handcuffed in the backseat of a police car in New Iberia, the town's already painful history of racial division intensifies, but while the sheriff seems untouchable, the parish residents demand justice. Some people probably looked at that and like, what's a parish? I mean, it's a lot of questions there. It's a lot of things to unpack. But uh, we're just talking about it. We, I mean, obviously we talked about it. If you follow the podcast, you know, Rod, Smooth, Aldo Nice from New Iberia, Louisiana, um, C-A-P, a.k.a. Lowe's from Shreveport, which does come up in the documentary <laughs> as well. Relax. Um, so we, we just talk a little bit. I mean, what's your general, and I just want to go here. I mean, it, what's your general feeling? How do you, how do you, how do you feel when you turn off the TV after watching it? Anybody. Um, I, I feel I feel like it it really sums up Louisiana in a nutshell. Actually, I feel like in Louisiana it, we're known for being a um, very very racist state. 
And I just feel like um, in this documentary, it was very well documented how white people get out. I mean, the, 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 white people, the white people who are heads of things, like, you know, who are over the sheriffs and lawyers and, and judges and, uh, you know, people who are pillars in our community, well, in the parishes, um, they just basically do what they want to do, how they want to do it. Um, hmm. And they just getting away with stuff and just telling black people anything, like, you just going to believe this, you know, or, you know, fuck off. You know what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, you know, those people still don't know anything about how they, you know, how he really died. How the uh, brother, son, you know, uncle, daddy passed, you know? And it's sad how that goes and it's, I think it's something that happens quite often. It just doesn't get the national news that this one did. How about you, Raj? What you thinking? <clears throat> so, you know, actually being from, from, from New Iberia, like I, I feel like New Iberia is a a special place, not necessarily in a positive regard, but uh, just a special place nonetheless. Um, it's it feels like when you're there and when you're part of a certain a certain society. Not saying that I am, but it's it feels like a really, really, really big, big place in a small town. Like it just feels if and and you got characters like Lo said, and and most of them are white. Most of the the leaders of the um of the parish. That, that we are from are white and they, they're very powerful. Like it, it, and, and you know, if you watch the whole documentary, cause you asked me how I felt about the whole documentary, it said something like in the, in the synopsis, the sheriff seemed untouchable. It shouldn't have said mm-hmm. seemed untouchable. Hmm. The sheriff is untouchable. Hmm. Yeah. Like they, to, are, they to, mentioned his family too, you know, Go ahead. I ain't mean to interrupt you. Go no, ahead. I mean, I, I mean, I'm pretty much done. Like that's how I feel. Like I feel like those yeah, people. I, I, it could have been anybody in in Iberia Parish, or let's just say New Iberia. It could have been the the mayor. It could have been anybody that got yeah. in that type of trouble. And if they if they if they white, then they, you know, they straight. Like they know people in I high think, places. Yeah, I think in, in I think in Louisiana and in, in our parishes in uh, relatively small towns, I think. It, it's basically like if your family started off a long time ago just running shit, it kind of passed down. You know, it, it kind of goes down. Like your parents' power transitions to the, the kids, you know, and then the grandkids and the great-grandkids. You know, so it, it was obvious and it kind of stated at the beginning of the documentary that, you know, his family was very powerful and popular in the well, period. I, I, I get you with that. And I and you, you're saying that, but I'm, I'm not sure about the... the, the the, the history of it, I think if you break down the history of it, I think I've heard before that maybe Akko isn't necessarily an, an indigenous New Iberia person. Maybe his people moved there at some point. But that point notwithstanding, I think it's more, I think you're making a valid point just about being entrenched in a social position that if you're in a position that's high up, that you could do a lot of, um, that you could be, you could be with it. I mean, the governor of Louisiana, a couple when I graduated college, was Kathleen Babineau Blanco. And um, I don't remember who she, I don't remember who she I know she's from New Iberia, but I don't remember who somebody was like her brother in law or her brother mm-hmm. was somebody. Re- and it's, it's it all be like, oh, you know what? Not even that. You know who her brother was, Raj? Who's that? Um, Barron's Health Club. You right, right, sure was. Babineau's. like, and where we from? That was the only like um, what what you call that? Like a a, a, a what do you call those things, Roger? It's a workout facility. I don't know. But yeah, don't they like use a mass like a mass the... workout facility? I don't know a gym, but they, like country just club or like a like a like country a country club, country club. 
Yeah, we, I was going to country clubs. There was other country clubs, but I feel where you're going. It was one of the only ones. Like a little social spot for white yeah. people who got money. You yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, outrageous amount of money a year. You get a nice little wooden locker. Exactly. Stuff, huh? So that was the only, that was one of them that I knew about at a young age. And was like, okay, them people got money. And then, you yeah. know, that ends, she ends up being a governor. You know, these things... These things all kind of go together. I thought it was an interesting juxtaposition, not not even juxtaposition, just an interesting thought exercise when they start talking about um, the sugarcane festival and like they they juxtapose the black experience versus the white yeah, experience. I was going to ask you, did you have a story about? So that? yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. The I don't I, I don't think I ever really as a youth saw the segregation as as um as pointed as they did. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it look like. They got a parade and the white folks in it, and then they got a black thing going on somewhere else. Like it's not really that. It's not really like that. It's not really like that. Stop. It's more like there's a parade and black people be walking up and down the street and white people be out there too. Like, they people be at the parade. It's just that when it's time after the parade, then white folks is all like downtown New Iberia having Fado Do's and drinking and, and carrying on in that section of New Iberia. And like they just mentioned, on the other side of the tracks, um, the black folks is carrying on 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 um, on Persian Street or somewhere up, uptown, somewhere we out there doing some different things. Even when they used to have the Sugarcane Festival Fair, even when they used to have the Sugarcane Festival Fair, it was like at a certain time the white folks would start leaving the fair and it'd be all black people out there. Like so, we didn't we didn't really coalesce with one another like that. We not we wasn't really hanging at the same places at the same time. Now you asked about the black king, black queen thing. That's something that we. It's possible. I don't know. I know I was King Sugar, like little King Sugar, when I was like, by, I don't know, <laughs> third, fourth grade. Like, yeah. um, they got. I mean, they got the, you know, King and Queen Sugar. I mean, they got the little King and the little Queen. I mean, it's a it's a thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I was the Black Little King Sugar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Brown sugar. Like, you I wasn't brown, brown, brown sugar. Were you in the in the main parade they had that they showed on TV? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They made sure not to show no black people. They showed. Yeah. Like they made it. Them. They made it look a little different than what it is. But I get yeah. where they're going with it. It makes sense. Yeah. It does, it, it's a thing. Yeah. You know, Roger. What was the Fado Do experience like? You ever been to that? Yeah, of course. You saying of course? I've never been to it. I've, I mean, like, I've, I've been. I've and been if somebody to... asked me, I'd be like, no, no, of course not. Well, and I've, I think that's I've, funny. <laughs> my my new my new Iberia my new Iberia experience might be different than yours, but um, I definitely went to the Fado Do because I had a lot of friends that went to the Fado Do because I went to mostly a predominantly white school. I went to Epiphany Day School, you know, like I was the only black in my class, and then after that I went to ESA, you know, and then then after that I went to I went to um, I went to uh, you know Bell Place and, and the whole public school thing, but I still I. I always had like a lot of I had a lot of black friends and I still I do. think that's funny I because I had the friends. same experience. I went to Catholic High until I was in sixth grade, but I still didn't have like like the fatal door experience. I don't know if school like I get you, but I don't get that too, as far as like I went to school with them boys, so therefore I'm at that fatal door. Yeah. Like well, I feel like my mom and them wouldn't even want me to go to that fatal door. Let me did you have any <laughs> black friends at Catholic High? Any? Black friends? Black friends. At Catholic High, yeah, Brock Manuel, shout okay. out. John I didn't have Lewis. no white friends at Epiphany, like none, not one. No white friends or black I mean, black no black friends. friends, excuse me. No black, okay. like not one because there were no other black people there. Not, not, like literally. no boys or girls? None. Oh, wow. Only okay. that is, that's different person. than Catholic High. Yeah, you're right. That's different than Catholic High. None. You're right. So like, you know, right. fourth and fifth grade, and then, you know, like I said, when I went to ESA, none. Like none in my, in, from 
six, maybe they, the, the first black kid, black, let's say black boy, might have been in ninth grade. Damn. So from sixth to ninth, there was no black black kids there. No, stop that. You just said you went to Bell Place. I went to Bell Place in eight, in seventh grade. But what I'm saying is, is when I was in sixth grade oh. at ESA, from gotcha. sixth grade to seventh grade to eighth grade, there probably wasn't another black kid until gotcha. ninth, like ninth grade. He so, he was like a freshman when you was in like I exactly is what I'm saying. So all I'm yeah. saying is, is I just had like that's what my friends were doing at that time, and so I you yeah, know I yeah. kept with those friends. So I definitely went to the Fatal Door. Long story short, or uh, short story long, but I went to the Fatal Door. Go ahead. And, and it was I can tell you what if I had to use a word, what I think or how I perceive the Black Sugarcane Festival as versus the White Sugarcane Festival is organized. So, so you're saying the Fado Doe was organized? The Fado Doe was point? organized by somebody, a community, a, a, a organization, something. And then I, I always felt like black people was just hanging out on Hopkins. Street. Yeah, because, because okay, yes, probably. But think about that just culturally. It's because white people can organize an event that says, hey, all of you people underage and of age and kind of close to of age, Bring, come out here and drink beer and have a good time and dance and 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 do whatever. And we're gonna condone we things for like, your kids to do yeah, right now. we're gonna. We, well, even if it's not even that, we're gonna condone things like drunk driving, going home from this event and whatever else because it's Sugarcane Festival weekend. We're gonna let you get away with it. Mm-hmm. Imagine black leaders in New Iberia trying to throw an event where they like, we're gonna be out here with that with that hen, and yeah. we're gonna be drinking, and we're gonna be uptown, yeah, at Bunk Johnson Memorial in West End Park, and then. As soon as we leave there, the cops will be waiting for us around the corner. Yeah. Like, black people are not really trying to put that type of event together, I don't think, in that way. Now, I would say if it was like a day thing, you know what I mean? Like, it was like a, a family day at the park, I think black people would put, could put that together. But like you said, yeah. the organization might be off with certain parts, but I think that's, that might be stereotypical a little bit. So, my question is, was, was racial tension kind of high out there, like, when you was growing up, or was it just normal Louisiana? It's always if racial I, tension in Louisiana. If I'm speaking from if I'm speaking for myself, it's it was racial tension across the board because okay. it's just it's it's a it's a town where if they said it's thirty, I think our numbers was like maybe 37,000 people. Mm-hmm. I would say that at when I was in school, it's probably a seventy percent white town. I would say that that probably was the number, if okay. not more. And so, if there's any kind of a question. I mean, I could fast forward to the end of this documentary and tell you that Lewis Ackle is still a sheriff in New Iberia. Yeah. So after all of that, he still got voted in again. Yeah. So yeah. the majority let, of the town, you know yeah, they let you. Yeah, yeah. we voted yeah. for David Duke That's when crazy. he ran for governor. It's crazy. We voted for the Klansman. Like New Iberia is, is the racist undertones are huge, and if yeah. it comes up, small stories like. Like Jay Harry, when he was about to be the first valedictorian ever at Westgate High School. And then they tried to throw a little white chick, Brooke Cormier, into the mix and say, hey, she should be the valedictorian too, because it's the first one and she needs to have it too. Like, they always was going to try to, like, you, it's not a free ride out there. Let's just yeah. put it that way. I, I think that's that's Louisiana as a whole. Uh, where I'm from, Shreveport, it's basically kind of the same thing. Um, you know, it's always those racist undertones that, Really ugly head, you know, on a daily basis, you know, being stopped by the police for no reason because you in a nice car, you know, just those type of things. I was thinking on the whole documentary, like, man, this really could have been me a few times. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, they, they really could have could have hit me and put me back in the car. Okay, so let's stop. Times. Let's stop. Let's stop. Bad. It could, no, I, I'm just stopping you. You're not your bad. You're doing the right thing. But this is what I'm saying. I think that 
you asked me my experience growing up. I think that they're living in a different time and place in 2014, 2013, 2015, like than what I did. Akko wasn't the mayor. It was C.A.D. Abel. I mean, not the mayor. He wasn't the the police chief. It was C.A.D. Abel, Romo Romero, or one of them, right? Um, My point is just, it was a a different mentality, man. Two two dudes I went to school with got killed last week. We got got a lot of black-on-black murders happening in New Iberia. It's like, so there is that crime atmosphere that happens out there i mean it's stuff that's happening that you know from the outside looking in you're like man somebody got to control them and i i get i get that sentiment to an extent yeah but um it's a little it's a, it's just a little different than um nowadays is all i would say mm-hmm. but los i'm gonna bring you back to the victor white thing because i think that's what we need to talk about i yeah. think we talked a little bit about new iberia let's just talk about the actual victor white thing you said that that could have been you yeah I and i think i disagree i think i disagree why I think the 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 part about it was, I don't know. I okay, think so. Go ahead. I think at the end of the day, they gonna say um, people gonna look at that and they gonna say like his parents was like he was ready to be a man. He was trying to take care of his responsibilities. That's what they kept saying. His parents, his sisters, yeah. and everybody. Yeah, that's what his mom and them said. Yeah, I heard. All that. them white folks gonna do is look at this and say he had crack. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So he need to go to jail. Yeah. I don't think you would have had crack in your I def- I, I would have never had crack. I probably would have had some weed in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? But I would have threw it out or something when the laws put them up. But I just, I, I, I still think it's still no reason for a man to die in, un, under police custody. I don't really care what you had. You know what I mean? I just feel like if, if he on one that day or that lawman is on one that day, he, he, will, he will do you something. I mean, I've been, in, I've been stopped by the police officer in, in 10th grade, and he just had me outside for an hour just because he didn't believe that was my car. Even though I had all this, everything I needed, everything, you know, I was just Christmas, so I had like $150 in my pocket. And he just figured I was selling drugs. I called my daddy from the car phone and was like, hey, man, you folk got me hemmed up. You know what I'm saying? And he came over there and, oh, you know, so I, I think it, it it could be anybody at any point in time. It just depends on who you have. It just I just feel like it doesn't matter. Like, I don't think he, he like, because he was in handcuffs. Are you ready, are you ready to to go and tell them how it happened now, uh, but I'm just—I just feel like it could be anybody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it doesn't matter who you are. For those for, for those people who didn't who didn't hear the story, I mean, I, I'll give you the, the bullet points. Um, he, he he walking down the street with a homeboy that he had just pretty much met. Just they was going day. to the store. To, they was going to the store to get some gauze. That means mm-hmm. they was about to blow that weed. So you know he had weed. One of them had weed on him because they was going yeah. to get some cigars from the store. There was a fight at the store that neither one of them was involved in. They come out of the store. Um, as they're walking back, the police are coming to investigate the fight. They pull them over, ask them if they was in the fight. They said no. Then I guess the police choose to pat them down and go through their pockets because they black. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's just start there because, fuck it, I got to go through your pockets. You don't look like you've been in a fight. Your knuckles ain't got nothing on it. You ain't got no yeah. lacerations on your face. But you know what? Let me just let me just patch it on just cause I mean that's what I'm supposed to do. Anyway. Yeah. So you find the weed on him and you find some coke in his pockets. You check his waistband, you check his his back, you check everything, you do all of that. You say you sit him on the front of the car. Like they sitting out there, then you're like, okay, some other cops come and they're like, okay, we're gonna take you, we're gonna take you in. Yeah. As they're taking him in, watch the video. When you guys get a chance to watch it, he's smiling and laughing outside the car. Mm-hmm. He's smiling and laughing. I mean he not he not over there in no distressed face. He look like, man, fuck, I got to go to jail. But he's still like kind of smiling and whatever. Anyway, back of the cop car, they take him to the part 
behind the courthouse in New Iberia, right by the bayou, in between the city park, where they ain't got no lights, no cameras, no nothing else going on, and um, allegedly he shoots himself in the chest while his hands are handcuffed behind his back, and it don't, and it's like, when they show them type of handcuffs, it's, it's impossible. The, it's, it's a hand, it got a hand it's just on, impossible. It like some old ass handcuffs. It's no way that man shot himself in the chest. No way. With with his right hand when he left hand. It's left-handed. just where the gun was the whole time. The whole yeah. story is just unbelievable. And that's man, that, he pat him down twice. It's just no way that happened. And he had a cut above his eye. You know, it, it, it was a whole bunch of stuff that just didn't match up with that whole story. And, and the way he told it, like, I feel like they just put it out like he in the interview with him. They didn't test his hands for gun residue. The uh, police officer, they never tested his hands for uh, uh, gun gunshot residue. Um, they brought him in and he, they were just talking to him. The lady just wrote everything he said down just like he said it. And was like, okay, you know, you cool. And then put a statement out on Facebook. Like the parent, the, the, the family been up there, you know, for hours, hmm. you know, and just put, it's, 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 it's extremely disrespectful. Dog. <laughs> it's crazy. The, the, the initial call was two thug looking black guys are out here fighting. You didn't see that? Yeah. But my, that's, that's what I said. We all could have fit that description at one point in time, man. Hmm. You know, leaving the store, you know, certainly we wearing all big clothes and all that. We all fit the description at some point of something that was going on. I left the corner store, you know, riding around on the scene. They just got through fighting. We get out of there. You know, all the cars disperse. They definitely could have said, oh, black man with a hat cocked like T.I. and, you know, long, tall, white T on. Roger, have you ever been, have you ever been, um, talked to in, in a disrespectful way or, um, Felt any way marginalized by the police department in New Iberia at any time? No. So, never. But I have been talked to crazy on a, during a speeding ticket. You know, I get a speeding ticket. And they're like, what the fuck? Slow down. You know, slow the fuck down. Like, they're cursing at me and stuff like that. But I never felt... I never felt endangered by the police in New Iberia. Hmm. For real? You never been pulled over, like, or just hacked up by the laws before, ever? No, never. Just not in New Iberia, or just never. Never, period. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, yeah, definitely, New Iberia Police Department. They put me on the ground before, behind. Um, I was probably like seventeen the first time that that happened. Just they said I smell like weed. You smell yeah. like weed. So let me check your pockets. We didn't need you to get on the. We didn't need you to sit down next to the car. At, at McDonald's. On yeah. Center Street, just sit down. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely a lot of things could happen. I mean, if I'd have had crack in my pockets, I might have been in the in the jail too. Now, I wonder what he like. And just, just this is just me posing the question. Two things, two thoughts that that thing. One is, I wonder what happened. Just like everybody else who watches this documentary, you gonna wonder what happened. Yes, because something fucking happened besides what they saying happened. Yeah, but what was it? I don't know. What was the provocation? Was it like, did the cop's gun go off accidentally while he was doing some shit? Did he, like, oh, did Victor White oh, try oh. to, did he get out the car and try to run when they was parking? Because he knew, he thought they was going to be, and they punched him or something, and they yeah. shot him. Like, let me ask know, you, man. let me ask y'all a question. Like, no, like, and, and, I'm, and I'm being serious. Like, I'm being serious. Mm-hmm. What, and uh, this might get to Go ahead. What if, he, what if, what, what if, what if he shot himself? shot himself? Go ahead. What if that man shot himself? I know where you're going with it, Roger. I know how you think. But the thing is, I, I listened to the documentary. I mean, I watched Can't the documentary, 
And I've been hearing this story for the last four years about it. And just kind of bringing it back in my head again. There is a place that I'm always going to reserve for what if that man shot himself. Yeah. Because you have to consider that. So let me. Here's, so here's I my, think today seeing the handcuffs for the first time completely took that thought out of my mind of that that man could have shot himself. Like, I just don't see the yeah. physics. I think the handcuffs and the, the coroner said the bullet wound came into the chest. That was so, an entry room. So I have a. So here's my rebuttal. So we, go talked ahead, go ahead. About just... it, we talked about it a little bit right before the podcast. I want to bring it up that mm-hmm. I don't remember how, how like close it was in time or that I had a discussion with the, uh, with the sheriff, but I actually had a Facebook interview in person or well, an interview in person with the sheriff. And, you know, for legal reasons, of course, he had to kind of like he couldn't say a whole lot of stuff, of course. Right. But we talked about some things nonetheless. And the only reason in my head, in my head that I have any doubt in my mind about what may have happened and maybe that man might have shot himself in the chest. Not to do not to it has nothing to do with the fact that he left handed or right handed because they got some dudes that can do a layup with their left hand or right hand. So that don't that don't have nothing to do with nothing to me. But I saw the sheriff pull their picture out. Pulled their picture out and showed me an inmate that was handcuffed and had his hand on his chest. I, I, I shit you not. I was like, I cannot. I, I've never seen. Okay, so I've seen double jointed. Handcuffed from the back. He was handcuffed from the back and had his hand on his chest. His and if I, I don't, re- I don't really remember. I don't re- remember exactly how the picture looked, but just I guess how I'm how I'm taking it right now. I remember it being his right hand on his right on his right hand on his left breast, handcuffed from the back, hand on his. Right hand on his left chest, left breast, and yeah, and some and some niggas and some niggas could fit inside of a box and they wear white face paint and and white gloves <laughs> and then they they fucking pretend like they're in a glass box and then they step into a fucking box that you put a microwave in and they could fit their whole fucking body in it. Right. So yes, right. the human body could do a whole bunch of crazy things. But let's put that situation. I get I get you right. I mean, but yeah. what else is he supposed to show you aside yeah. the most extreme situation yeah, I mean, that absolutely. someone could... I can't, I can't rock with that. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, and I feel you. And that's why I say, I'm not saying that I necessarily believe, you know, yeah, yeah. the sheriff. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, cool, they got some double-jointed people. But, but you have an inkling how, of, a, of a reasonable doubt. Here's how I feel about the situation. This is, like, mm-hmm. truly how I feel about the situation. Regardless of what happened, Victor White was under the responsibility of the law. And that yeah. man died. That man yeah. shouldn't have died while he was under the hands of the law. Yeah. yeah. Like, like just it wasn't in it wasn't somebody in the jail where like the, the guard couldn't get to him fast enough. That man was it was him and a cop. And that Basically. man died. That yeah. should not have happened. I can't yeah. have you ever been so let me tell you something. I, you asked me if I ever had a running with the law. I have, I have had running I've been arrested before. Yeah. I've been in the back of a police car before. There's not a lot of room to move. No, There's not, not a lot of room to do stuff at all. So like, yeah, that man should have been kept safe. If let's just say the 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 let's say that man, I'm I'm assuming that man shot himself. I'm I'm saying in this scenario, he shouldn't have had a gun. He should have had access to a gun. Yeah, Me. I don't. I and I don't need. I don't need people to to even intimate after I die that I had a gun stuck up my ass. Exactly. So. 
fuck that cop for even yeah. uh, for for that being his rationale. He must have stuck it up his that, ass. Fuck out of here. I was thinking. I was thinking. I was looking at. Uh, I know. Whole... Showing the video. They kept showing the video of him walking. I'm like, he a skinny little dude, so his ass ain't that big, right? <laughs> so that it was a that was a nine or something like that. It wasn't like it was a little twenty two. You know what I'm saying? And and he 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 walking around with that thing stuck in his ass. He's selling the ground with it in his ass. Come on, dog. Like it, it's it's just. You yeah, know, that, like that's that's that the is the whole time. That is out, a lie. You, you, you pat, that's you pat a him lie. down, and then Twice. set him down on the ground. You handcuffed him, set him on the ground. That's a lie. A gun in his ass. Picked him up, pat him down again. He still got the. He gun still got a gun in his ass. In his, well, he was just sitting on the flat country with a whole gun. Come on, it, it just it just everything doesn't it doesn't work out at all to me. It's no way that that even works. Bro. Yeah, nothing checks out about that. Nothing now I didn't does. I didn't hear him say. That it might have been in his sock. If he would have said, "I never checked his leg," and it might have been in his sock, that might have felt more like, "Yeah, oh okay." But he didn't even say that. He was like, "He must have been in his ass." Let me like oh, that wait. was the. Let me also <laughs> let me also tell y'all this: what I know, what I know about the uh, about the the whole situation. So, and and if this is if if there's any any type of wrongdoing by the police in this situation, this should scare you. So, you know. Everything happened with, with the Iberia, Iberia Parish Sheriff's Office, right? Like, the whole situation happened, right, with them. They turned yeah, we over... Gonna, we were going to get a little bit into that. We can kind of start talking about that, They too. turned over all the evidence to the state police. Like, they was yeah. like, all right, cool. Y'all don't want us to fool with it here. State police. Y'all, y'all do the investigation. And in the long run, you know, like, you go back, you go to the end of the situation, nothing happens. Yeah. The only thing I saw that I was... I didn't know, I, I, I guess maybe I, maybe that I knew they settled. It, that they settled. Yeah. That's, yeah. I didn't. I don't know for how much. I don't know anything about the terms, but that they settled. Yeah, but they might have settled under the same premise of what you just said, Roger. That they was neglectful in there in in having him in the station. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, he went. My thing is, he wasn't in the state, bro. He parked in the uh, the farthest away he can get from the door, where he knew no cameras were around. You know what I mean? When you work somewhere like that, you're a police officer, you're always vigilant of what's going on around you. You know exactly where the cameras are. He purposely parked away. So whatever happened in that car from where he picked them up at to the police station or wherever he parked at, something was said or he felt some kind of way and it was like, you know what? This was about to happen. You know what I mean? Because why else would you park? If, you, if I'm transporting a prisoner to the jail or no, somebody to the jail, I'm not parking the farthest away in the darkest spot. You know what I mean? It, no, me, I, it, it, like, I, can, can I be, can I even, I, I want to even address that as well. Because when I saw the, the dash cam camera showing them pick him up from off of Lewis Street, right there, like mm-hmm. two, three streets down from where my mama stayed. Yeah. Hop, hop in the car, got him in there on Lewis Street, and taking him to the police station, the courthouse, well, not the courthouse, they're bringing him to, um, to, to, the, to, the, to the building on, um, on St. Peter, on Main Street, on Main Street. Anyway, where the library at? That's behind the library is what the hell that is. Okay. So he, he pull in there, and when he drive into the back, you can see the back the bayou behind him, and he mm-hmm. turned and parked behind the building. And yeah. that, that was my same thought. My thought was, you know what? I know that under the building somewhere, I think I'm sure about this, is a holding cell. So I think yes. there's a holding cell right there. Roger, am I right about that? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. I, I have no it's idea. It's all jails, is one right there, you know? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that they but in my head while I was watching, I was like, is that what they do? Like, that was my first thought. Is that what they do? Do they take you to the back of that thing? Maybe I should ask somebody who didn't got locked up in New Iberia, but do they take you to the back of the um to the thing to transport you some kind of way? And then my question is, how long does it take for you to get there, get out of that whip, open the door, when that man had already killed himself? 
Like, yeah. I mean, it's a gunshot, so like, and he not trying to shoot it. none of y'all. He just yeah, <laughs> exactly. My my oh, my man. thing is like honestly, when I go back to just it, I'm just keeping it as hundred as I could keep it. When you start looking at situations like this, this isn't Mike Brown, this isn't Trayvon Martin, but this is yeah. our Mike Brown. This is our Sandra Bland. This is our yeah. Trayvon Martin. You know what I'm saying? But if you check off the check boxes in certain things, it's like we know George Zimmerman killed um, yes. Trayvon Martin. We know that that officer, that clown-ass officer killed Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. Like, when it's one of these situations where they say, no, we didn't even do it, he did it to himself, let's look at the evidence. Handcuffed yeah. behind his back. Mm-hmm. Y'all didn't see the gun, now he got the gun. Mm-hmm. You're bringing him to a place where it just so happened your cameras don't show, they don't even show nobody ever go to, everything that takes and, place is in the back of the, in the back of the thing. Man, I can't walk out my house, I can't walk out my house right now without, and do something and not get a camera on me. Real shit. Like somebody's little ring doorbell next door is going to have me on camera. Like they going to, they going to have a camera. You got to be purposefully not trying to be caught on camera. Yeah. But go ahead. What you was going to say, Lord? And, and uh, I was just going to mention his dashboard camera, it goes both ways. It goes out towards the front of the car and in the car. But it was turned off. Yeah. He said, oh, that's just how mine was set up. It was just set up like that for me. They were, when, I, when, he, when I heard that, I said, oh, he know what he, like, he, he been beating up people in the back of his car. For me, because if, if, if I'm in the right, you know what I'm saying, why would I cut that camera off? And I mean, and I guess that's where the story turns. And this is just us making some surmising and doing other things. But this is where the story turns. Like, I feel like the last 45 minutes, at least, of the documentary, we're talking about just the state of the, and this is what Roger was just alluding to, the state of the Iberia Parish Sheriff's Department, yeah, uh, yeah. and how they just been beating people for a while, and how yeah. they got different task force that go out there and beat people and wilding and all kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I ain't going to hit you with a, this podcast is brought to you by, but um, they was talking about a cat named um, Jacob Huckleby. Roger, you remember mm-hmm. Jacob Huckleby? I don't. I'm going to tell you about Jacob Huckleby. He was one of the um, former narcotics agents in twi- um, who was under him. And basically, what Jacob Huckleby worked as a narcotics agent during the 2008 incident when he testified. He and two other agents were drunk when they walked to the West End and um, assaulted multiple men without reason. When a deputy responded to the situation, they lied and said they were conducting surveillance and a fight broke out. He um, said he went there and told Ackle about it. And Ackle was like, well, that looked like some good nigger knocking. Yeah. Um. We kind of felt like the sheriff was one of us, so he was good. Um. Yeah. Maybe I'm gonna take, and I'm, I, I say this jokingly, but I might have to take some responsibility for that because I definitely put hands on Jacob Huckleby bitch ass in the seventh grade, and Deserve. maybe, maybe he. And I wish I put put hands on him after that. I wish see, it's people like that. The first thing I thought I had was you was you was a little punk when like a, you know what I mean. You was a little yeah. a little chump a little chump mm-hmm. in school. And then you're like, I want to beat them laws so I could have some power. And you know what? All them niggas that did something to me, I'm going to get them. <laughs> or anybody who look like them or remind me, or just, I'm just going to inflict my, my power upon people just because I can. And what, who, who going who gonna to do something about it? What they going to do? You know what's crazy? Just, you know what's crazy, Al? I guess I just don't, I don't watch the news enough. I guess that, I guess that's what it is. I don't pay attention enough. But I don't remember that, 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 uh, that incident. I don't remember the mm-hmm. laws. I don't remember hearing on the news or hearing anywhere that the laws went to the Western Park drunk and beat boys up. Well, no, it only came out in the Echo trial. Like in the yeah. trial, that was like people was testifying. But I was yeah. reading up on it. I only know about that one specifically because um, when I saw the name Jacob Huckabee, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, he a cop? Oh, any, any, oh, oh, okay, any a crooked cop? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I knew you oh, had you it. A in cop, you. cop. You a oh, cop? Right. He a crooked a cop, daddy. Cop. <laughs> a crooked daddy. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, either way, I'm just looking at the whole situation. And that, that and then too, I kind of feel like the whole when they started investigating, the FBI came in. Mm-hmm. It slightly overshadowed uh, Lil Vic's case. Yeah, it did absolutely because he made you know, it all about Akko. I think it kind of went. He got a, the lady. Um, I forgot her name, but uh, she's a civil rights attorney. I think it just blew up way over her head, and all they could kind of do was just kind of keep up and gather evidence here and there. And I think you know it. It, it, it like I said, overshadowed their case tremendously. And uh, at least they got the settlement though. But I, I, I definitely think that the officer should be in jail, man. I just feel like that's a killer walking around free. <laughs> You know, that's wild. And he probably got a job at a, at a, uh, a ISD somewhere, you know, or some kind of at a school district somewhere, being a, a little cop on the on, in, in the, the Apple store. School. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At a jury store somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Or, or even in like a little school cop, little middle school cop, or something like that, bro. You just you just never know because you know white folk gonna take care of white people, bro. You know, at the you end never of the day. know. You know what I'm saying? So what? You, just, you know, you got that man come in slamming your son for no reason. Uh, hey, Lawson, you know what? You know what? Speaking on that, you said something that kind of, that kind of like, I don't know, like you just said white people going to take care of white people. And, and I don't think, I don't think I like that. I don't think you like that. I don't think anybody likes that, you know, but black people take care of black people, right? I'm going to take care of my black. If they got a black this and a white that, I want to go, I want to go to the black one. I at least want to yeah, give I, it I a mean, shot. I mean, as a whole though. Yeah. I, I mean, as a, like, as a in situation like this, for the most part. They're going to make sure they're on straight. But, but much we had this discussion before. But that, like, the whole situation, this whole situation, honestly, like, as a, it don't, I'm not, I don't feel scared or frightened or anything like that, but just the the thought of this generally scares me. It's like, it's how, alarming, how powerful are white people? Like, very, like, That's how right. powerful are white people? You know hey, what I'm saying? Raj, did you think about this, Raj? Did you, did you even think about this? And, you know, shout out to all my, my partners who live uptown or grew up uptown. Did you show how they show? They say people who live on the Bayou Test got million dollar houses and them boys uptown live in slave houses. And then they showed them mm-hmm. houses and them and they yeah. really look like slave outhouses. Shotguns like I never guns. really looked at them houses uptown or like Anderson Street and thought, dude, them houses. Man, that's an old slave dude, quarter. Them houses on Anderson Street across from Anderson Middle School. That's what I'm talking about. Terrible. Yes, that's what they showed. Yeah, that's what they showed. Yeah, I mean, I, I know mean, that first hand, though. Like, forget what they showed. I done seen this. Like, I done seen but, these houses. And I mean, that that's the point. Like, they trying to put... So, I guess it was, what should scare you about it, Raj, is just that it's the, it's, the, it's, the, uh, it's the upper level of how high it goes. Like, right? Like, it could be a corrupt person like Akko in New I- in little, little old nowhere, New Iberia, Louisiana. Yeah. And then he could get, he could get um, insulated by, like, a state investigation that says he's still good. And mm-hmm. then a national investigation can come and say, nah, he's still good. He like, went to Shreveport and with a Shreveport jury and it was like, nah, he's straight. Like, it's just, on, it's, it, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a gang. It's like a collective that's always going to take care of each other no matter. And, but where does it stop? Like, it, no like, way. it's like, you used to think maybe the federal government would be the place that would like, okay, like, you know, back in the, in the sixties when you hear stories mm-hmm. about like they're trying to they're trying to um segregate schools in Alabama yeah. and the and the governor standing outside talking about not segregation not now, segregation not ever. Yeah. And they are and then they're doing that and Linda B. Johnson them is in the White House talking about nah, uh uh-uh. uh. Send the troops down there mm-hmm. and get that shit right. Yeah. Man, we got Trump in office, man. I don't even think like we got a federal dog in the race that's gonna help us and shit like this. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, like I was saying earlier, they're they going to they gonna take care of their own. I feel like, you know, the, the state uh, we are in as black people, we are we are so far behind all ethnicities. 
you know, at this point when it comes to that type of stuff, you know, which I don't have to do with this case, but I'm just saying, like, we, we you, you have to be aware and understand that that stuff, it's, that's a real thing, man. I, I, man. Think, I think I think also, Los, you're onto something there as far as being behind all ethnicities. I think mm-hmm. I think as far as taking care of each other, I think we'd be way behind all of the ethnicities. Because I really, I mean, of course, white people, we just said they take care of each other. You know, yeah. you know Middle Eastern's going to take care of each other. Yeah. Mexicans going to take care of each other. Yes. What we doing? Fighting and killing each other. <laughs> That's what we doing. I mean, we coming up, we come, we come a long way, but we still have so long to go to even catch you were up. Supposed to, to the, you were supposed to let that breathe. That was a little powerful statement. You were supposed to let that one breathe, Los. <laughs> no, but I mean, I no, for real, me. real, no, real. <laughs> I thought you <he> asking me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was, I thought it was rhetorical, but I, I mean, I get it. Uh, it make a bunch of, make a bunch of sense, man. Yeah, it does, man. It's, 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 it's crazy, dog. So, um. Lewis Acker was beating them, well, letting them boys beat them inmates in jail. Now that was a big story in New Iberia too. The whole premise of him trying to get, um, get in trouble. They was taking him to the chapel in the jailhouse where the cops couldn't, where the cameras wouldn't see him, and they was beating him. Like they showed the little inmate dude from New Iberia, and uh, you know he got off. Like he got off of his charges based upon that, like testifying there, and then like they basically yeah. brought up a suit against him, like all of that. Yeah, some he, real charges too. Yeah, yeah. If you look all of that up, like they, but he wasn't the only one. It was a lot of people who got beat up like that. So it was a lot happening. I, but I think yeah. when you create that culture of turn the camera the other way, beat their ass, sick the dogs on them, that shit was terrifying that was, to watch yeah, that dog that, bite that nigga. Oof. Yeah, and the, and the crazy part of the inmates were so used to it, they were just still sitting there cutting their haircut. Cutting like, like the dog was right by that man's foot. He didn't even move it. It's crazy. So. That's why if it's in that environment, you got to look at the Victor White situation and be like, man, there's it's something to it. If that's how they, if that's what they do, this is yeah. what they do. They turn the cameras the other way and they fuck black people up. Yeah. So that's what they do. So yeah. how is that? Like the cameras the other way. Oh no, my camera's just always pointing that way. That's the reason. I, I yeah. honestly feel like just kind of thinking about it, something happened. Victor White told him something wild in that car, like cursed him out or told him something stupid. Some, whatever he didn't like, and yeah. and they said, "Nah, get out the car." And one of them like punched that, punched him in the head, which is why he got that big laceration, or hit him mm-hmm. with something in the head, pistol whipped yeah. him right quick. And then as soon as they hit him, either he took off running or he did something, and some kind of way they didn't. I'm I'm a, just would assume they didn't wasn't trying to shoot and kill him, but that's just yeah. what ended up happening. So yeah. then they had to come up with a story. And then yeah, and the, the crazy part that I I looked at the gun only had one bullet. One bullet in the gun. The, yeah, the gun, the gun, uh, the hemp, the uh, what you call it was locked back. You know, you shoot the gun, all the bullets come out, yeah. it locked back, it open up. You know what I'm saying? So, he only, so he shot, he shot one time, and the gun, you know, it had one. So he carried around a gun with one bullet in it. Come on, man, it just don't add up to me at all, bro. <laughs> you can't even argue that to me. It's crazy. Uh, I just, I just think about, I just think about human compassion in this, in this situation. Yeah. I think about myself. And I mm-hmm. and I don't think, you know, I, I don't I don't I don't have to walk around hoping that a motherfucker would, you know, like I never, yeah. I never, I never, I never walk around like that, like just hoping I get me one, or hoping like I don't want I don't want to mm-hmm. kill nobody. I never mm-hmm. I never felt the urge to want to kill somebody. It's because it, nobody did me anything. Nobody you know did nothing to my mom or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody did something that was gonna make me act out of line. Feel like I had to. Like yeah, there is nothing. In police custody, that a that a that a person in police custody can do, that would make me think as a cop, I'm gonna end his life. 
I'm gonna shoot him. Yeah. yeah. Like like I'm he's in custody. Like all these other, like all the, all these other police police brutalities like most of them they weren't in custody. This is a special one cuz this dude was handcuffed. But that's you know? like the Sandra Bland. Yeah. Mhm. So in per, I, uh, in PV preview. I just I it just I don't I don't know like I don't I don't it, it makes me worry about about people, you know. And that's, about that's what I was saying. Know. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Where it, it, I feel like it could be that could have happened to me a few times. It might still be able to happen. I might fit the description of a dude with some basketball shorts on, a white t-shirt or a t-shirt, and some some slippers going coming from the stove. Somebody might have, you know, black dude. He did this, and white man see, or the police officer see me walking, and I'm like, "What you talking about?" You know. Sometimes that's all it takes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some wrong body language that he don't like. You know anything, man? You just ne- oh, you just never know, bro. It can happen. Um, I, I I just think that it's interesting, and I think that people need to watch. People who know me, people who know you, Roger, people who know someone from New Iberia specifically, Louisiana in general, mm-hmm. smaller cities in Louisiana, not necessarily New Orleans, Baton Rouge, should watch this documentary to get some kind of an idea of these are the type of people that shaped my worldview. Like, mm. the way I see the world, yeah. and if you ever hear me say something about on a podcast, like we talking and whatever, and I say, yeah, white folks be blah, blah, blah. Mm. You know, I try to peel back from some of that because, you know, I, I know some cool, I know some white people that's oh, yeah. a, a one with me. Yeah. I know some people that work with me that's cool as a fan, that mm. want to learn about acceptance and they yeah. want to learn about cultural, um, just like like the bettering of our cultural yeah. relations. Mm-hmm. I also know white folks who like will be the first one out there. Like Heather Hayer, we did a podcast about her like last year. She the white woman who got ran over in Charlottesville when yeah. she was protesting the Tiki Torch boys. Like mm-hmm. they got white people who would get out there and damn near lose their lives. It was three or four white men who went down there with them civil rights leaders and they, and they, they got them in that car and killed them in the 60s, man. I, don't, I, yeah. I can't remember their names, but yes. These things ha- like white folks, you know, a lot of times they will they'll be a hundred. Yeah. It's just not the t- it's just it's just not the type of white folks that I grew up around. Yeah. I grew up around this shit. This is this is this is the type of stories that my family talked about. Yeah. This is the reason that your mama says, well, if the cops pull you over, yes sir, no sir, and get your ass home. Yeah. This type of shit. This is the this shapes who I became as a man and how, why I feel certain ways about certain things. I just think it's, I think I would encourage anybody who knows me, who gives a shit enough to be like, hey, I want to know where these niggas coming from. Watch that documentary. It'll tell you a little bit. It will. No, yeah, and that's that's real. That's real. That's really real because this podcast is brought to you by Maha CI. I really want mm-hmm. that man to watch that. Like, I don't know if he did, but you know, moving out to a different city, I think part of my moving out was not wanting to be around New Iberia in general. Like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I love, I love, I love New Iberia. I, I will say that. I love New Iberia. I love I love the man that it made me, but I definitely had to get out of there. And I think all of us had the same idea, you know. Uh, it just took me a little longer. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. getting out there and, you know, meeting some people and, and where I'm at now, I do want those people to understand where I came from and maybe understand yeah. why I might say something that I would say. And granted, you know, I'm not as, I'm not, I'm not the same as you. You know, like I, I don't, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I might everybody not say different. some of the same things. Everybody different, say, right? Yeah. But I get it. We from the same place. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not from New Iberia, but I think, like he said, it's atypical for, you know, Louisiana period to kind of be shaped that way. You know what I mean? And, like, just watching that documentary brought me back to a couple of incidents that happened in Louisiana, in Shreveport. You know, just things that, I mean, just outright, just the killing of a black man. You know, just, and the lawman just go back to work. You know, he go back to work like nothing happened until it get big in the news and it has to keep going. And now Al Sharpton has to get involved. I just, I, I just, my whole thing is why? Why does it have to go that far? You know what I mean? Like, why we gotta do all that just to get justice for somebody who just killed? You know, so that it's it, it definitely has shaped me to be and think a lot of ways I do to this day. You know, you, it's you, kind of sad till you think about it, man. That jury in Shreveport is who let off Ackles. So I mean, your Shreveport I mean, I'm people. Not, I'm not surprised. Are, I mean, that, I'm just saying, yeah, they probably <laughs> the same type of thoughts and Bolger yeah. City people is probably the same as Bolger yeah. Parish and Iberia Parish the same way in a lot of regards. Yeah. Um, I would assume in that way. I, I just, I just didn't the end of the documentary infuriate you? Like oh, he stole, when he was Ackle is a mean bitch, and he was talking yeah, to that know. woman so disrespectful, uh, though. But you know why though? He entitled ass. He entitled white guy. He just beat a he just beat trial. He like I run it, bitch. You can't do nothing to me. So I want to get out my office. I want to get out my office. I want to give you a little. This is my building. I'm the sheriff. Let me give y'all a little insight, just a little bit, because like I said, I got a I got a pretty decent relationship with that man. You know, like a man had been in my house before. Like I done sat at the dinner table with Ackle before. Oh, um, that I man. That. Yeah, no real talk. The man and ate, ate pineapple at my house. So um, and mayonnaise. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. That go man ahead. is a is if you if you know him, that man is a very 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 nice person. If you know him, I don't know what he, how he is if you don't know him. But I know if you're a criminal, or if you or if you or if you think you're a criminal, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that I'm not. I don't know. I don't know how he feels. I'm not. A, I'm not. I guess I'm not in that view of how he feels about somebody. But if you wanna, if you if you Victor White, he hates your he hates your guts. Like he don't give a fuck what happens to you. That man is a mm. very, very, very crabbish and 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 boastful. I, he's not mean. I would I won't say he's mean, but he does not give a care. Like he's gonna say what he wants to say at all times. And that man, that man, what they was objecting that man. It was they was all of, all of the words that we heard that came from court in the cartoons whenever we was young. They was hitting him with all of them, and he was like, "I don't give a shit." Yeah, yeah he was. Fuck y'all, court. Yeah. Like. But he ended it by saying, and fuck, and, and I don't want to hear Victor White mouth no more. Like, yeah, I don't want to hear. I, like, I honestly, all bullshit aside, the justice, not, it probably would be for them cops to be involved who shot him. But ju- I bet Victor White daddy would love some justice. Just put him in the room with Akron and let's see what go down. Because yeah. Victor yeah. White daddy was was like my favorite part of the whole show. Yeah. He was cool. He, he was had a cool. nice rhythm to how, to, how yeah. he talked. Like, you yeah. could, I could see why he would be somebody's reverend. Like yeah. I could listen to him talk for a while. He was yeah. like, and, and, and in the face of a tragic situation like that, he was able to articulate himself, compose himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I was I was a I'm a big fan of him, and yeah. I'm a big and I was like way less of a fan of Ackle than I already already am. So I want them boys in a steel cage, SummerSlam 2018. Yeah. That's funny. That'll that'll never Ackle is. Old and frail. Let me tell you. Yeah, I don't know is. if you've seen. He I don't know if you've seen. He, I felt sorry for him a little bit because I don't know that, if you've but, seen yeah. Ackle. I, I don't know if you've sorry. seen Ackle no. lately. Like he looks a lot worse. He got a beard now. Like he don't look mm. as good as he looked in. Not to say that he looked good. He don't look as good as he looked in the documentary now. Yeah, that was like two years ago in the documentary. Um, I also asked that man whenever I did the interview with him, like 
you owe, you know, in so many words, you owe, why are you still the sheriff at 80? Uh, he's pushing 80. Why are you still the sheriff at 80? And he was like, because I don't think anybody else could do a better job than me. <laughs> he didn't think that there was anybody else that was qualified. I don't know Man, if you've seen the characters. Beat, beat like you, you, talked about, you talked about David Duke actually being, like, on the ballot. No, forget on being on the ballot. He was a, like... In office at one point in time, like a yeah. state house re- house of representatives or something like this, like the characters that run for sheriff and run for elected offices in New Iberia are all bad. They Should all do. suck. <laughs> I think you know what I'm saying? Like it's Louisiana as a whole, boy. All, they all suck. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that Louisiana got some good some good legislation. My, my somewhere, question is, but in New Iberia, with, yeah, it is some, impossible. Yeah, some way, somebody like if okay. So like if like somebody who we really thought was uber qualified who went to college and did some stuff somebody one of us that we knew like was like oh they would never win though no we wouldn't Not vote for that way. uber intelligent individual who had really common sense opinions on prison reform and how to curb crime with programs to help the youth and defer some particular type of money and enact certain type of um laws that are going to be safe for the, the people who are in the community, but also it's going to cut down on the crime before it even happens because we're going to get into the schools and we're going to make sure that these kids are learning a certain thing. Nah, we don't want that. We want the motherfucker who's throwing them in jail and fuck them. Like, and getting, and let them, letting dogs we had them. a lot of that when I was in school. We had I was in a club called PADA, P-A-D-A, and it was Prevention of Alcohol and Drug Abuse. Um, we, can, we can argue on how well that worked out in my whole life, but... At the time, as a kid, I was like, "No, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to drink. I don't want to smoke." It was like dare type things. And yeah. I remember the kid. I remember the Nathaniel Mitchell, the officer coming, black officer coming into the building, showing us his his gun, but also yeah. showing us like people dead, and like people ODing on that dope, and yeah. people then got shot, and he's showing us the body bloated and stuff, and like y'all don't want to, y'all don't need they that. They won't do that no more in school. I tried. They won't do that no more. <laughs> Kids see that. They'd rather let them play GTA where they can kill people themselves now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they right? Let you, Fortnite. They, they, let you sh- yeah, they don't let you show preventative measures to help kids understand that that's not good for you. They don't want you to see They don't want them kids to see that. Because I think it's got to be a whole, yeah. It's got to be a whole culture shift if yeah. you're going to stop that. Because like, as we alluded to earlier, you know, this is not the point of this. Because I hate when people bring up the point, like, y'all killing yourselves. Like, look at Chicago. That's the type of shit that, that, Narrow-minded people will say to try to yeah. push a point in agenda and deflect the actual conversation. This conversation is about Victor White. This conversation is about police brutality in Louisiana. This conversation is about the unanswered questions and in in a place that we call home that we wanted to discuss. When you start having another conversation about, but the boys be killing each other, then that changes the narrative. But it's a part of it too. If we not out there killing each other, if we out there ha- having better, better um plans for for the future, then maybe we are not in the situation where the police running on us so aggressively because they always thinking we're doing something because somebody's doing something. So I mean, it's a lot of levels to this. It's it's, yeah. it's a lot of things. It's a lot to unpack at the end of the day, you know. So. But I mean, like I said, I'm just happy we all um got an opportunity to talk tonight about it. And it, like I said, we working through these thoughts real time. Yeah. This is the first time. Shout out because Blue Blue Rolfus had a cameo, and, and Mr. Al Tone Guillory had a cameo. I saw a couple of people 
who I knew well from uh, saw, back in the day. You know who I saw? You know who I saw, Al? This you, did you not see Al, Mr. Al Tone? Was I didn't see Mr. Rugged? Al Tone. I didn't see him. I didn't see him for whatever. But this who I did see. And I know you saw this person too. I don't know her name. But if I had to guess, I think her name is Peggy. Oh, from Uptown? I don't know her name. But she looked like Peggy. a Peggy. Peggy. <laughs> who you talking about? Peggy Jarek? I don't know if it was Peggy Jarek. I just know it was a lady named Peggy. <laughs> You know how they got like four Peggies in New Iberia and they all like. You're talking about they, Peggy who be on the billboard. Either they read in church, they are on some sort of elected official, or something. Do hell. All right, no, yeah. stop. We've done a good job of not calling for the last <laughs> for the last I'm sorry, Miss Peggy. <laughs> I am for real. I got you. Um you, nah, I, I might have seen Peggy if if it's the same Peggy. I thought you were talking about Peggy who who used to braid hair uptown like kind of dopey Peggy? I'm really talking about the lady that was. I'm about. talking about the lady that was standing with Akko after he was acquitted. Well, that was the NAACP um, yeah. representative from like the the, the area. I don't see. And that she lady testified before. on his behalf. So yeah. Stupid. I mean, she did what she had, felt like she was right. I don't like it. <laughs> she did like she she did what she felt was right. I don't like but um, it. I mean, I'm just gonna say this, man. Sugar Town was good. Hashtag yeah. justice for Vic. Still. Hashtag um, handcuff Houdini, man. You know, um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what other stuff could bring to light. I think whoever did it probably got away with murder at this point. Yeah. Or if he killed himself, like you said, then we'll never know because they didn't do the right protocols to allow us to see him. If that camera was pointing in the right direction, they'd be exonerated. Right. Like we wouldn't even have nothing to talk about. Yeah. I um, maybe in jail. We never know. I just want to say that I was glued to the TV. It, yeah, it wasn't just oh, yeah. good; it was it was legendary. Just to see, I mean, I, I I hate that it's that that got my city on the map, you know. But I was very glued to the TV in watching this documentary. Yeah. It was very well put together. Yeah, I couldn't wait to watch it, and it, it actually made New Iberia actually look pretty beautiful when they were showing those um, drone shots over the bayou. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, I want to go there. I don't know what's there, but I want to go there. Oh, that's where I'm from. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you ain't you ain't even know. Yeah, I didn't even know it. So. It is what it is. Man, we're going to be back regularly scheduled um, time um, upcoming on this week. We're going we're gonna to shoot y'all. We're going to be up, up back on Friday. So um, look forward to the regular BFW podcast. To, to listen to. But yeah, we gave y'all something extra to, to peel through, man. And like I said, if you haven't, if, you, if you're if hearing about it right now and, you, and you, you, you're on the fence, you shouldn't be on the fence no more. Investigation, discovery, find it, look it up online, Please find some links, check it out. Please comment how you feel too on social media. Let us know. Roger, you got anything to add? I don't. All right, we signing off then. We'll holler at y'all later on this week.